Have you ever hit that sweet spot where everything's going right, doors open, and opportunities magically appear? That is what Golden Alignment is all about. Dr. Beth Golden loves to play in that golden space and teach others how to get there and stay there. Get ready to listen, share, and experience what Golden Alignment in life can look like for you. Now, here is the host of Golden Alignment, author, speaker, and coach, Dr. Beth Golden. Good good afternoon and happy Valentine's Day. Uh, my guest today is Mr. Chris Natsky, and the topic of our discussion is going to be the seven qualities of black belt leadership. I'm going to read Chris's bio, and then we'll jump right in. Uh, for over 40 years, Chris Natsky has been a dedicated student and teacher of the martial arts, achieving the rank of seventh degree black belt and master instructor ranking him in the top 1% of all martial artists in the world. In 1999, he was the United States National Taekwondo Champion. As an inspirational speaker, Chris shares his unique brand of black belt leadership and his high energy and interactive message, which has impacted the lives of thousands nationwide and inspired them to discover their own inner champion. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great, Beth, and um, happy Valentine's Day. Well, thank you. Um, Chris and I, Chris is an amazing human, and as you heard in his bio, you know, reaching the rank of seventh degree black belt is quite an amazing accomplishment. And it's going to be interesting. We're going to weave his story into this program and also hitting on the concept of love in the um, seven qualities of black belt leadership. So Chris, why don't you start out by sharing how you got involved in martial arts, your age and, and what were the circumstances? Yeah, well, I'd be happy to. Well, you know, I started my martial art training back in 1973. I was, um, I was a short little chubby 10-year-old at that time, and I was enamored <laughs> with a uh, with a TV show that was on the time called Kung Fu. I don't know if you remember that uh, that show with uh, oh, Kwai yeah. Chain Kane. Yeah, going across the American desert. And so anyway, you know, he'd go across the desert, the bad guys would try to beat him up, and he'd, use, he'd take care of him using his Kung Fu. And when you're 10 years old, it's the coolest thing you've ever seen. And uh, so I literally begged my mom to let me go to my first class. And I guess you have to understand that at that time in the United States, martial arts was not very well spread across the, the country. And most of the classes didn't even contain kids. So being a 10-year-old in that environment, I was training side by side with a bunch of 20-somethings. But I have to tell you, from the moment I got in that uh, first class, I, I felt like I came home. Wow. You know, and you're saying that it wasn't well-known or well-received, and now, you know, it's encouraged that kids start at a young age because it helps provide them with focus and um, a great quality of discipline in their life where someone other than the parent is teaching them. And now, you know, martial arts studios all over the country are filled with little kids. Well, absolutely, and and you know, it's it, we have to equate that to two things. Is number one, uh, we have to thank Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid, because once those movies <laughs> came out, everything changed for us. 
but also uh-huh. the fact that it plays such an amazing um, the instructors can play such an amazing role, uh, whether they're men or women, in the kids' lives. And, and for me, my my martial arts instructor had an incredible impact in my life and still does to this day. So share with us, we're going to like jump back and forth. I've, I know a bit of Chris's story. Share with us when you were at the height of your teaching in your school. How big was your mm-hmm. school? Yeah, um, so my martial arts school that we established here in Denver, Colorado area back in 1995, at its peak had well over 500 students at one location. Um, We had over 5,400 square feet of of training space, and I had about 13 staff members, and I think at the time was probably one of the largest martial arts schools in the state of Colorado. And and really, I think the, the reason for that success is that there was a lot of love energy in the studio. I mean, people would tell me that, that, you know, it was a different experience when they came, that there was an energy about it. And it started, of course, you know, it always has to start with me, but but it really permeated throughout the entire organization. And it became a place that really impacted lives and really was a place that people love to be at. You know, I think it's so amazing. It seems like a dichotomy that martial arts is taught for self-defense, but it's also taught so you mm-hmm. don't fight and so you can avoid confrontation. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very interesting that people felt love permeating through, you know, a school where people are learning to fight because they seem, <laughs> they, they they don't seem to be in a line with one another. So yeah. do you think part of that is creating a community of people that creates that feeling of oh. love? Absolutely, and, and and I think probably the biggest aspect of that is first of all is it was it was a very welcoming environment, and then second of all, it's a place where people that maybe come to whether they're a child or an adult and maybe don't have the greatest sense of self, the greatest sense of self-esteem and self-confidence, and when that's mm-hmm. taught in a loving atmosphere, people just blossom because now they equate the training to that positive experience, and it becomes just like it did for me. It becomes a second home. Yes, and also developing love of self as you move into knowing you're capable and knowing you're balanced and knowing your body and being held in, you know, in a community, it gives people an opportunity to thrive. I was going to say kids, you know, that might be on the fringe, but adults, you know, we carry our our inner child with us and inner wounding. So I think it's important. I would agree. And, you know, what's interesting is there were several parents that became such a great part of our community as well, and they weren't even actively participating. I had a number of conversations when, you know, it happens in any activity where a child doesn't want to come to class anymore, they want to do a sport anymore. And there were numerous occasions where the parents would come to me and say, please talk to him or her. We don't want them to quit because we don't want to leave here. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because they had built their own sense of community in the school. So, yeah, that's when I knew I was doing my job. I I think that's great. I can relate because my boys played baseball. So I sat on a bench for like 16 years. And when those days were over, I just felt such a loss because that was a community that I really enjoyed now let's switch gears. We're talking about this school, but you grew up in a school and then you experienced life. You know, you got married, you had yeah. kids. Yeah. Were you yeah. always 
was this always your profession? How did your no, seniors... No, no, it actually uh, wasn't. Yeah, it was It was always my dream. I mean, I started, as, uh, as I shared before, as a young child, and uh, I actually have somewhere in my files here, I wrote an autobiography when I was in fifth grade for as much as right when you were a fifth grader. But in that, I said I started martial arts when I was 10, and one day I want to open up my own school. And so that was a dream that stayed with me my entire life. Um, now, coming out of college, though, I didn't know if that was going to be an opportunity for me. So I spent 10 years in the corporate arena working for uh, the top consumer products company in the United States and, and was doing well and enjoyed that work and, and worked with a lot of great, great people that are still my friends to this day. But there was always that little nudge. There was always that little, you know, poke like it's there. And, and um, my wife at the time, although we're, we're no longer together, God bless her, she was such a champion for me. And when we relocated to Denver, Colorado, she said, you know what, this is the time, this is the place. You know, we had two young boys at the time, and we loved the Denver area. And she's like, I've known, she had known me since I was a teenager. She said, you know what, you've been talking about this for decades. It's time. And so, you know, really, I'm grateful for her, and that's really how it started. And so I, uh, and, and I knew, I knew when it was the time to make the choice when I was actually sitting in a corporate boardroom of my customer with all with the their leadership team, their CEO, their president, et cetera. We were doing an annual business review. And he was out of state. It was in Boise, Idaho. And I was dreaming, daydreaming in the review of the class I was going to teach, the martial art class I was going to teach when I got home at the club I had started. And I said, you know what? I'm not here anymore. I, I need to be someplace else. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> now, that's a gentle indication, you know. There are some times <laughs> right. when they aren't as gentle. So we will get into that. No, but. That's right. So you started the school. I mean, yes, you were daydreaming. Yes, you were teaching. But was that kind mm -hmm. of a – I mean, you're giving up a great paycheck. You're giving up a way of life. So how did that make you feel when you initiated this? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, and it's interesting because when I – as I go out and I speak, and, and one of the things that I share with audiences is, you know, overcoming obstacles and, and, and that we each have fear um, – Boy, I'll tell you what, making that decision was one of the most exhilarating but at the same time petrifying times in my life because I had had a great job, a great career, a great salary, all the perks, and had a, you know, we had a single income because my wife at the time was choosing to stay at home with our boys, which was an absolute blessing. And now I'll, all of a sudden I'm, you know, following this, this dream of mine, but I don't know how it's going to turn out. And even though I had my martial arts instructor as a role model for how to do the business, when I grew up, you know, my parents, my relatives, I never had a role model of someone that um, <clears throat> had their own business. So I literally was petrified. I, you know, and, and of course, when you're in that space, <laughs> all you can think about, you know, when your mind gets wrapped around is all you can think about are the things that are going to go wrong. And I was really in a bad place leading up to that. <laughs> But then had wow. a real break. But then had a real breakthrough around that. And and if I could just indulge in a in a story, you know, I. I, I had actually, we were in, doing the build-out of the school, and as I said, my, my former wife was actually the, working as the contractor at the time, you know, and they're framing the doors and whatever, and I came in um, on a Friday afternoon, and I said to her, I said, this is the most ridiculous idea I've ever thought of. I'm going to call an attorney on Monday, and I'm going to get out of this lease. This is stupid. I'm not going to do this. And she, you know, 
politely told me to go take a hike and that we'd go talk about it when she got home that night. So mm-hmm. after dinner, I'm laying my case down for why you know, this was a ridiculous idea and how we're going to get out. And she said, you know, I, um, I supported you getting into this. And if you truly want to get out, I'll support you as well. The only um, request I have is that you sit down with our two sons and you tell them why you are choosing not to go for your dream. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And oh. that was a direct hit right right to the heart. Uh, you know, sunk my battleship. And uh, I said, okay. And the rest is history. So, and again, really, as I said, even though we're not together anymore, I totally feel totally blessed that she had been in my life at that time. And that really encouraged me because now I look at all the people that I wouldn't have impacted had I not taken that and my life would be completely different. Wow. And it just goes to show that you always need a champion in your corner. And those champions, uh, you know, appear at different times in life and in different forms. Um, We are going to head into our first commercial break. You are listening to Chris Natsky, and we're talking about the seven qualities of black belt leadership. This is the Golden Alignment Show with me, Dr. Beth Golden, and this is being hosted on the Inspired Choices Network. Um, When we return, we're going to continue to discuss Chris's um, story because he also graduated from owning an extremely lucrative and great, you know, studio into a completely different line of work again. So we're going to venture into that process. So we will talk about that on the other side. Do you want to create change in your life based on your values? Do you want to love this experience we call life because you are living in alignment with your soul's calling? Do you want to expand your relationship with abundance and move from surviving to thriving? By tuning into Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You'll be amazed by your golden health, wealth, love, and magical opportunities. Listen for the Golden Alignment Radio Show every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment, with Dr. Beth Golden. To participate in this program, please call U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You may also choose to comment by email by going to www.drbethgolden.com. Now back to Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden. Welcome back to Golden Alignment. I'm Dr. Beth Golden, and my guest today is Mr. Chris Natsky, and we are talking about the seven qualities of black belt leadership. So in our previous segment, we got a background of Chris's love for martial arts and how he began his studio. Um, Chris is an author, and his book is called Black Belt Leadership, Seven Keys to Creating a Life of Purpose by Discovering Your Inner Champion. So, Chris, here you have a great studio, 
you have hundreds of students, you have a huge space that's filled with love and people are growing and and creating great lives for themselves. So there was a transition. And how did you move from this dream into your current dream of public speaking and coaching? Well, I'd like to say it was a tremendously graceful transition, but I that wouldn't be quite truthful. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was it was it was one of those things, Beth. So I had I had done a lot of speaking um, during my corporate career, and of course, even as a martial arts instructor from the age of thirteen on, I was in front of a room, you know, teaching, uh, being an assistant instructor, and then having actually I had my own my own uh, martial art program when I was 16 years old, uh, even teaching adults. So being in front of a room was always really natural for me. And when I got in the corporate arena, you know, we do sales trainings for as many as 500 people. So I felt really comfortable. But then when I, I had my own martial arts studio, I did a lot of public speaking, just promoting my school. And as that began to develop, I started getting feedback like, you know, you're not too bad at that. You might want to think about it. And And I realized that there was a part of me that, Although I loved being in that martial art environment, I loved the school that we had built, there's also a part of that where you kind of create this little fiefdom of yourself, right? And you're the big kahuna, if you will. And and so it's, it's this beautiful environment, but at the same time, there was a yearning to go out into a bigger arena and to, to play a bigger game, if you will. And uh, okay. so it just started to really build really started to build for me that there was more out there and that this message that I give that I was teaching my students could be taken out to a much broader audience. Now, did you ever come to a point where I was like, there? I want there to be a dividing line. You know, this is what I did before <laughs> and this is what I'm going yeah. to do now and like not referencing the before. Was that ever a thought right. process well, for you? Well, you know, it's you know, it's interesting. Is is an, when I think when I just shared in the last segment about how difficult it was to to leave the corporate world because of the unknown. I kind of went through the same thing when I decided to sell my school because I had created, like I said, this great environment for myself, and 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 there was even this voice, you know, saying, "Well, this is what you've wanted your whole life. You know, what's going on?" But when the heart wasn't totally aligned with it, it just it just really wasn't there. And, and interestingly enough, I, I went for a couple of years knowing that I wanted to move on, and the business did just fine. But then when the economy kind of did what it did in 2008, and disposable income wasn't probably at its, you know, its ready effect as it is, uh, the, mm -hmm. the business started to really, really soften. And I had this huge infrastructure, if you will. So I, I kind of looked at it like the universe saying, okay, before I gave you a little nudge, then I'm going to give you a push, and now you're getting that kick. And, you know, and so it, it really, all the signs were pointing that it was time for me to move on. And um, even though it was a difficult decision, it was probably, again, the best thing I ever did. Um, now, I love to ask my guests, so what happens when you're not in alignment or not in golden alignment? <clears throat> How do you feel mentally, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? Yeah. How does your body respond when you're when you know you're not in alignment and you haven't made the leap? Yeah, boy, I'll tell you what. You know, this is such a great question. In fact, it's it's something that I just I would say probably in the last six to to twelve months have really gotten a great indicator in my own life. Um, you know, being a martial artist, I'm, I'm very uh, aware of my body. 
And so with me, when I'm not in alignment, what I find, and when I say not in alignment, what it is for me is I tend to get in my head, right? I start thinking about things and versus really dropping into my heart. And when I personally am not in alignment, I my heart aches. It's almost like huh. there is a, a it's almost like a, an energy is stuck. And then when I can make that connection between head and heart, all of a sudden I feel my chest open up and I'm ready to rock. And it's interesting because for the longest time I could never I never understood the correlation. And then finally I kind of just went into the heart. You know, rather than try to avoid the discomfort, I just kind of went in and, and sat with it. And that's when mm-hmm. the revelation came. So when I'm out of alignment, I get told quickly. Uh, just inside wow. my body. So you feel a tightness in your chest or and or a I sense do. of restlessness? You know, like, it's not comfortable. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. and what I find is the more that I try to think about it, the more agitated I become. But the more that I feel into it, the more relaxed and expansive it becomes. Well, I I wrote a few notes as you were talking, and our mind... Our conscious mind is in control 10 to 15% of the time. We think it's in control all the time until we mature and realize that's not the case. And our subconscious is in control 85 to 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And our subconscious is our protector. So I think part of the discomfort is the protector rising up and saying, no, you're not going to go for your dream. So that causes some discomfort and then when you were saying when you just went into your heart and you aligned your heart your soul and your mind you were expansive so you went from a place of like contraction to expansion is that correct to expansion exactly exactly and you know it's interesting because athletes will tell you that that's what they experience when we're in what we call the zone Right. Mm -hmm. So competitive athletes, football players, basketball players will talk about things slowing down for them. And and they're certainly right in the moment. Same thing happens in martial arts. I've had numerous times in my career where I just felt like my body was moving me. Right. And um, but when I but when I'm thinking about it, like if I'm in a match, like when I was competing and if I got in my head and I was worried about the next move versus being present, that's when I that's when I got into trouble. But if I could just be present in that moment and allow it to just flow, that's when I was successful. Yes, muscle memory is a beautiful thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> when someone's coming yeah. at you, and huh? You know, <laughs> well, right, right. When someone's kicking at your head with the intention of knocking you out, you tend to be, you know, it's, it's good to be present, right? And uh, <laughs> that can correlate in, into, into, the, into life. And the other thing, too, is, you know, talking about uh, not being alignment. So I talked about basically the the somatic aspect of that, but then also just it, when I'm not in alignment, I feel like circumstances in my life, things I'm trying to move to or through, it's like pushing a big boulder up. And so it's like I'm fighting against it. But when I'm, when I'm in alignment, it's, it, I'm in flow. Things, you know, yeah. the phone rings, I get, I get, you know, someone to reach out to me on email, I get an opportunity. It just, it just happens. And then, and then in those moments, I go, why wasn't I just getting in flow all the time, right? Why did I have to go through this again to rediscover it? I know. It's, we, we have our repeated lessons and, you know, you talk about pushing the boulder. I was listening to a CD and she was talking about when we're kind of in resistance, 
we're standing at a closed door, you know, and we're yelling at mm-hmm. it and we're saying, why aren't you moving or yeah. why aren't you changing? And when we can shift our perspective from this negative or place of lack and shift our perspective to right. a more positive space, of course, we're going to increase our level of vibration. Now, absolutely. Being in a state of love, joy, peace, and gratitude, those are all 500 or higher on Dr. David Mm -hmm. Hawking's emotional scale. And that is a fabulous place to, um, I don't want to say strive, to relax into. And it's a practice for sure because there are so many things that happen in this life that can throw us off or be frustrated with. What do you find when you're not there? What's your go-to emotion? Mine yeah. tends to be anger and well, frustration. My, yeah, my, mine, mine tends to be a worry. A worry. It's almost always a worry of the future uh, about you know whether something's going to happen the way that I want it to, or I'm going to show up in the right way, or you know from a business standpoint that the opportunities are going to present themselves, or the money is going to come in. And when I find myself projecting outward in the future, that's where I get in trouble. And it's not to say that I don't visualize about where I want to go. In fact, that's one of the seven qualities, which is a purposeful vision. I'm talking about, you know, projecting forward with with fear, right? And that's where Mm -hmm. I get myself in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get back into the flow? Yeah. Totally great question. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it takes me no time at all, Beth. Uh, well, you know, it all it all depends. <laughs> That's right. Well, exactly. Well, you know, the thing of it is, is, is I'm getting better at it now, and it's like, you know, it's like they say, you know, if you fall down seven, you get up eight times, and and really, the level of mastery isn't that we never move into those places of ego. It's that we just recognize them sooner, and we get ourselves back on track. So, so for me, it's really about again getting present with my body getting present with my breathing, getting present with my heart, and getting present in the now moment. And, and, you know, and then even asking myself some questions, you know, like if I'm really in that state of worry, well, what's the worst that can really happen? And, and you know, and, and usually when you play that out, it's like, well, okay, I can deal with that. And then the next question is, um, what am I going to do about it? What's one step I can take and get into motion? Because I have a belief that when we decide, you know, sometimes we tend to wait for inspiration before we move. I tend to believe it's it's almost the exact opposite, is that when we get in movement, inspiration starts to flow. And so it's like, okay, what's my next right thing that I can do? What's the the next right action I can take? Right. And having the courage to do it. Now, absolutely. Chris is a Chris is a, a warrior, and yet he is being very vulnerable about the fact that he does have worries and he does get into fear because if you pinch him, he is human. So, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> despite right. all those years of training, um, it is still something that he needs to be very aware of. Chris, we're going to go into our second commercial break, and on the other side. Um, we're going to start to talk about your book, like did you write your book before you started speaking, and um, also transitioning into the the coaching world that you are in right now. So 
Thank you for listening with Chris and I on the Golden Alignment Radio Show. I am your host, Dr. Beth Golden, and the show is being hosted by Inspired Choices Network. We look forward to continuing this great conversation with Chris on the other side of this commercial break. Do you want to create change in your life based on your values? Do you want to love this experience we call life because you are living in alignment with your soul's calling? Do you want to expand your relationship with abundance and move from surviving to thriving? By tuning into Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You'll be amazed by your golden health, wealth, love, and magical opportunities. Listen for the Golden Alignment Radio Show every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment, with Dr. Beth Golden. To participate in this program, please call U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You may also choose to comment by email by going to www.drbethgolden.com. Now back to Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden. Welcome back to Golden Alignment, and yes, I am Dr. Beth Golden. I have a PhD in metaphysical sciences, and five years later, I obtained a doctorate of divinity. I have been in business for 11 years, and I teach people to get into their own golden alignment. Sometimes we're just a tick off and sometimes we're way off. We're in this place where we've had a, a big, huge life event that is disruptive. It's like a volcano that has gone off in our life. So whether the disruption is small or large, I have a great three-step program that helps you get into alignment quickly. We can, we can get there within 40 days. So welcome back, um, Chris Natsky, Seven Qualities of Black Belt Leadership. Um, so Chris, before the break... You were sharing beautifully about when you're out of alignment and how that feels. And so how did you make the shift? Like what was happening with the school? What did you decide to do? That was the final thing that made you say, hey, again, I'm not in alignment or I need to move to the next thing in life. Yeah. So, you know, it it started, of course, with that little inkling and then continued to grow. And then I, I found myself where I was all the time in the past, it was no problem going to work. But now I was like, wow, I'm not feeling like that's where I want to be, even though it was this great place. And uh, and I had developed a wonderful staff, so I got to a point where the school could really function um, without me being present. And I will say that was an error on my part because I realized that my heart energy is what still needed to be there, and I had basically extracted that as well. And wow. so the final, I guess, moment came is when things started to uh, started to really become disruptive financially because when, when our economy went through, as I said, what it did in 2008, and I had not been putting my full focus and heart energy into the business, it really began to contract, and it contracted fairly quickly. And I now had this huge infrastructure with 13 employees, et cetera, 
And where before money had never been a problem, now all of a sudden I'm looking at it going, wow, things are tight. Am I going to make payroll this month? And so that mm-hmm. certainly was my way of looking at the universe saying, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting it here. But it took me a while because I kept thinking I could turn it around, right? And mm-hmm. so it wasn't out of effort. I, I even went so far as I actually moved to a new location. Uh, and now in retrospect, I think that was like the silliest thing because when I coach people, you know, it's like if people are having difficulties in their life, you know, don't, don't move out of state just to move and don't get married and don't have a house or don't have a baby. Don't do those big things. And here I thought, well, man, if I just move to a new location, everything will get turned around. And just the opposite happened. So it was like, good morning, Chris, time to wake up and see that it's, uh, there might be a time to move on. Well, you say that in my opinion, gently, did it feel like kind of crash and burn at the, in that oh. moment and like recovery? Absolutely. What did you do from and, that point on? Oh, well, you know, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't, as I said, it wasn't graceful. And there was, what I realized <laughs> was the, uh, it, it was, it, it was this holding on that was causing all this pain. And then also, you know, when you have been at a very high part in your profession and you have a lot of people and you're basically in that public world, if you will, and there are a lot of people relying on you. I had several employees, as I said. All this stuff starts to come forward and, and it's really, sometimes it's difficult to break away. And I had to get to a point saying, if I, the realization came when I said, if I, if I truly follow in my heart what I feel I'm meant to do, everyone, mm-hmm. everyone is going to be okay. Where before, I was like, geez, if I follow what I need to do, but it's going to negatively impact all these other people. And when I got myself to the other side of that, that's when things started to flow. Actually, a, a friend of mine who I was very picky about who I would sell the school to, just out of the blue, moved literally from Florida to Colorado. And we started a dialogue. And with two years, he had purchased the school from me. Um, and wow. he would have been one of the top five people in the world of all the martial arts instructors I know that I would have felt comfortable making that transition with. So once I finally stepped into it, everything started open. I love that. Now, that is golden alignment. You know, people yeah. think, what is golden alignment? And I think it's important to have examples rather than a definition. You know, I, yeah. what I'm hearing is like when you were holding on, it was causing pain. And when you finally, oh gosh, again, yes. took that deep breath. Now, when I'm doing this, I'm sitting up taller and I'm lifting my chest you know and we have this expansion that person just calls you that's right I mean and this is somebody you love and respect and oh my this gosh happening well, in your yeah go ahead <laughs> it, well it was so interesting is he and I had not actually even been in contact for a couple of years and he called me out of blue one day saying hey my wife and I are looking to move to Colorado and um and I said well, hey why don't you just stay with us or stay with me, right, while you're doing your house hunting trip. So we literally moved, you know, they moved here and they relocated just a couple of miles from me. And at the time, he wanted nothing to do with martial arts anymore either. But after wow. about a year, he called, me and he's, and he, he called me and he said, you know, I'm kind of getting the itch. Could I come and teach a class at your school once a week? I said, absolutely. And then one thing led to another. And then one day I said, hey, would you be interested in buying the school? And he said, yes, I would. And we went to a... We went to a local Panera Bread, and in two hours, we had the deal worked out, and he looked at me, and he said, I have never been in a negotiation that has gone this smoothly. And I said, neither have I. And the rest is history. 
That is awesome. Wow. I'm going to come back to that point um, because you currently have had some experiences where people have called out of the blue. So I want to come back to that point. But <laughs> <All> right. right now, <laughs> tell me about your book. How did this come to fruition? Sure. And did you always use your martial arts as a speaking platform? So kind of give me yeah. the chronology here. Boy, that's a, that's a great question. So so the book basically came about, I had started writing it, I guess, in 2000 or, yeah, 2009, I guess. And then I, I got to a certain point and I, and I stopped the writing of it. I had been mentored by someone in the speaking world saying, he said, Chris, you have to remember, speakers write and writers speak. So he had been encouraging me. And then I, I kind of put on the back burner, I got distracted with it. And then in starting in 2011 uh, through 2013, I went into a, a program. Uh, I, I received my master's degree in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. And so we had to do a second-year project. And so I chose that to be my book. But it, it really, the origin of it came in when I was testing for my seventh-degree black belt. Um, I was going to be performing for like an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half on my own. And I needed a couple breaks in between there, and my instructor had requested that I write an essay. So I wrote this essay entitled, The Seven Qualities of Black Belt Excellence. And at every one of the breaks, the seven breaks that I would take, I would have one of my senior instructors or I would have one of my boys read it. And I was uh, in relationship with someone at the time, who was just a lovely lady, and she's like, you know, that's your keynote talk. And interestingly wow. enough, when I first started speaking, I used it. And then I went through this time where I said, you know, I, I'm not the martial art guy anymore. And I started to move away from it and things weren't flowing. And I found out, you know, when I spoke about martial arts and when I spoke as if I was teaching, that's where my heart energy was. And so once I started owning that again, things started to get back in flow. Awesome. Um, I am going to read the chapter titles for the the seven qualities of black belt leadership um purposeful vision be the change integrity conscious persistence compassionate service acceptance and surrender and inspired action so do each of these concepts build on one another or is this kind of something where you could flip the book open and be filled with whatever chapter you were reading? You know, I think when I originally wrote the book, it was designed to build off of each other. But now when I when you ask that question, I think someone could certainly just flip into that book and whatever their message they're supposed to get, because there is, I think, a beautiful intertwinement between all of the seven qualities. And they're, and they're all designed, I mean, really, the subtitle of the book is about finding your inner champion. What, what I always mm -hmm. say to people when I speak and when I coach them is, I'm using martial arts as a basis, but you don't need to be a high-ranking black belt to get these principles or to find that champion inside of you. It's already there. I mean, I, I happen to use martial arts as a means of discovering that, but as soon as we're able to really look inside, those qualities are really all there for us already. I um, underlined a couple of sentences in the introduction. Um, one is, we were put on this planet to be the fullest expression of who we were meant to be. Regardless of the circumstances a person grew up in, one's socioeconomic background, or whatever place 
one finds him or herself in today, the inner champion lives inside the heart and is waiting to express. And I'm going to go on to another one and ask you a question. Um, champion doesn't need to be told what to do. He or she only <laughs> needs to be reminded. So exactly. we are put on this planet. Our physical being is a vehicle for our soul, and our soul came here to express. And I think mm -hmm. as babies we know that, and then very quickly society, yeah. <laughs> I won't say beats it out of us, but um, it's given away unless you have a very sensitive parent. So how do you go about reminding someone about their inner champion? Does it depend where mm -hmm. your starting point is with them? Well, yes, it does, but I think it, it also starts with a belief of that principle when I'm working with people. Um, you know, one of the tenets that I learned in my work at USM is seeing the loving essence. That was one of the one of the aspects or foundational ideas, and I realized I had been doing that as a martial arts instructor for decades. So when a, a student would come in to the studio, one of the things that I did and I trained my staff to do is see that person as if they were a black belt see the greatness inside of all that because that's what was done for me. And when you start to view it from that perspective, now all of a sudden you see opportunities to expand that in someone. And, and I have a personal belief, and, I, and, I, and I, I guess I've never tested this scientifically, but it's my own life mission because I think when I wrote that book, I was looking for my next degree of expression. But I really believe that if we had a world where everyone – was fully in touch with their their gifts, had the confidence and the joy to express them um, in powerful ways where they could serve at a deep level, we wouldn't have the problems that we have in the world today because everyone would feel so self-expressed and so happy and joyful about that, they would want everyone else to do that as well. And I think at the root of our problems nowadays, it's just that people aren't, they have that frustration and they think that their joy, their abundance, or whatever has to come from somebody else when it really comes from mm -hmm. within and we can all have it. I'm writing furiously. <laughs> um, I love um, seeing that loving essence in each person. Um, I have been a teacher m most of my life. I rode hunters and jumpers professionally uh, for many, many years, and I taught horseback riding lessons. And then when I went mm. back into the more spiritual world. Um, I was an administrative assistant for 25 years in aerospace and biopharmaceutical mm. industries. So it was very heady. You know, if mm. we're doing presentations and preparing them, it's very heady. And I love to create order, so that worked. But when my husband passed away about 15 years ago, I was given the opportunity to stop and say, what is my heart's desire? And where are my gifts? And I've always been very connected and intuitive. And it was almost frightening to express that part of myself because I'd been known yeah. as this one type of a person. And one of the uh, qualities in the book, I have seven um, qualities in my book, and they're also in the book Florence Scovel Shin, The Game of Life and How to Play It. And the first one is Prosperity. And quite often people think of prosperity as money, and that's part of it. But prosperity mm -hmm. is being able to keep a vision of good 
for yourself or others until they can keep it for themselves. Mm. So mm. what I'm hearing you that. saying is that you are you you've been doing that and to consciously say, okay, if you wrote a list and you can just like be in that expansive place and just you know, nobody's going to put any constraints and write a list of the things you want to do or be in life. And let me help you hold that vision. That's exciting. I see that in like yes. in an entertainment world or or martial arts. Like your parents or your instructors yeah. held that vision for you. Absolutely. And it, and quite honestly, it, it's sacred. It, it's sacred. In okay. a way. Well, yeah. we are going to go into our third and final break. Our, our time moves quickly when we're in great conversation like this. I am Dr. Beth Golden, and you are listening to Golden Alignment with my guest, Chris Natsky, and we're talking about the seven qualities of black belt leadership. And we will continue the discussion on the other side of our final commercial break. Do you want to create change in your life based on your values? Do you want to love this experience we call life because you are living in alignment with your soul's calling? Do you want to expand your relationship with abundance and move from surviving to thriving? By tuning into Inspired Choices Radio Show, Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You'll be amazed by your golden health, wealth, love and magical opportunities listen for the golden alignment radio show every wednesday at 2 p.m eastern standard time 1 p.m central 12 p.m mountain and 11 a.m pacific on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com welcome back to the inspired choices radio show golden alignment with dr beth golden to participate in this program Please call US 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You may also choose to comment by email by going to www.drbethgolden.com. Now back to Golden Alignment with Dr. Beth Golden. Welcome back to Golden Alignment with, yes, me, Dr. Beth Golden, and my guest today, Mr. Chris Natsky. Um, Chris has, is the author of the book, Black Belt Leadership, Seven Keys to Creating a Life of Purpose by Discovering Your Inner Champion. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you to share your contact information right now and also at the end of the show so people can get in touch with you and know where to find your book. Absolutely. Well, the book can be found on Amazon. So it's uh, just go to Amazon and look up Black Belt Leadership. And then you can uh, get in touch with me via my website, chrisnatsky.com. So that's C-H-R-I-S, and the last name is N as in Navy, A-T-Z as in Zebra, K-E.com, all one word, uh, chrisnatsky.com. Great. And his his website is great. Uh, you open it up and you'll have a video of him speaking in a variety of settings. So tell me what your favorite thing is. Do you prefer speaking, coaching? Are they even? What likes you up the most? <laughs> well, I'll tell you I what. I know, that's a, that's um, a delicate question, yes, really, yeah, the clients. That's a delicate question. <laughs> That's right. No, and it, I think it all depends on what I've probably done last. But I, I'm going to have to say 
there is a part of me that loves that is a ham and loves to be on stage. And so, um, like I said, I've been in front of a room since I was a young boy. It's funny because my mom always says things like, I can't believe that you do that for a living because I could never do that, right? Because she doesn't like to be in front of a room. And I love to be in front of a room. Um, and, and not only what I've realized is I'm also a teacher, so it gives me that opportunity to, to do that. So whether it's a keynote talk that I'm doing, whether it's a training that I'm doing, facilitating um, a seminar, if you will, I have a new product that I've been uh, really excited about this year that I call Discover Your Breakthrough You, where we actually use uh, the, a board as a metaphor for having a breakthrough in life. And that's been getting some great, great feedback where people have this visceral experience of having a breakthrough of their limiting beliefs into what they want to create. So I, I love that. And then generally speaking, you know, a lot of my coaching clients will come from hearing me speak. And so it works well in concert. Mm-hmm. I think it's great, too, because I'm laughing. Coach speak. It's like the no like, and trust factor. So they have the opportunity yeah. to see you in action and interaction. Right. And I also think in settings like that, you would be attracting people who are ready. They're accomplished in other mm-hmm. areas of life and might need some fine-tuning. And with my guest yesterday, we're talking about how coaching is a relationship of equals. And it's like going to an mm. acupuncturist or something else. It's You're not in the position to say, you're not doing this right, and I know everything, and I'm going to tell you what to do to fix it but you're working together to bring out these fabulous qualities in a person. So I'm conflicted. I'm going to let you go here. Um, You told me a great story about one of your latest speaking engagements um, about Discover Your Breakthrough, you, and you got to meet a very important person, someone who touched your heart. Will you share that story Oh, my gosh, I'd be happy to, Beth. Thanks so much for bringing that up. I um, uh, In Denver, the last week of, of January, I was asked to come in and do a Discover Your Breakthrough board-breaking experience with uh, a company called Unlocking Equity. And they, they actually go into inner cities, they find distressed properties, they renovate them, and then they rent them back to low in, for low-income housing. So just a great business model and just giving back, and I love their mission. Well, they got connected with a gentleman uh, named Reverend Harold Middlebrook of Memphis, Tennessee. And Reverend Middlebrook was one of Martin Luther King Jr.'s best friends. In fact, he, he lived with King's parents while he went to college. He was the, one of the core organizers of the March on Washington in 1963. He, um, he, was, uh, he led voter registration in Selma in 65, and he was with Dr. King when he was assassinated in Memphis. And wow. he was present. So I, I didn't know if I was more excited about doing the seminar or meeting him, right? Um, so we, we got to me- I got to meet him and have dinner with him the, the night before the workshop. And at the time, you know, he's 75 years old now, and he said, you know, I'm going to leave that board-breaking thing to you guys, you know, you young people. And I said, okay, Reverend, that, that's fine. Well, the next day he was in, and I started my thing, and I started seeing him kind of squirm in his chair, and eyes lit up, and when I'd have the people stand up to do the exercise, he was standing up, and pretty soon he was in line to break his board. And at 75 wow. years old, he went up there. And, and what was so amazing, so as I said before, I have, audience, I have people participating. They look at their, 
their, they identify their limiting belief and then their breakthrough area. And he was so articulate in what he shared. He said, uh, my breakthrough, he goes, my limiting belief has been that I have to do this all myself. Is that I, I need to develop mentees message forward. And then he, in one just amazing stroke, cracked through that board and, and the place went nuts. And, and so it was wow. just moving for me to see, you know, someone who carried such light and energy could have that experience. And then at the end, you know, I thanked him. I said, Reverend, it's just been such an honor. And he said, no, the honor's been mine. And I was just like so wow. touched. And so anyway, wow. it was being in the presence of greatness for me. And it just got me so inspired. Well, and it was reciprocal. You know, he was in your presence yeah. also. And that created right. a space for him to be expansive and open up. You know what, Chris? It's amazing that we are literally at the end of our show and I know that we could talk for quite a bit more so perhaps we'll have to have you on in a couple months and we'll think of some topics that we can really share yes so um, again Chris will you please share your contact information so people can get in touch with you absolutely so my website address is chrisnatsky.com that's C-H-R-I-S N is in Navy A-T-Z as in zebra, ke.com. And if they want to reach me via email, they could reach me at simply at chris at chrisnatsky.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much for being my guest today. And it's, Chris and I have the opportunity to facilitate with another professional organization called Self Leadership Fellows, um, Self Leadership Global. They had just changed their name. So. Right. You know, it's nice to get to know you better. So thank you, Chris. Yes. Thank you. So oh, this much. has been an absolute yeah. pleasure, Beth, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You have been listening to Golden Alignment with myself, Dr. Beth Golden, and Mr. Chris Natsky. My show airs every Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern Standard Time. And since I live in Colorado, from 12 to 1 Mountain Standard Time, please tune in as we have fabulous and interesting guests. And I look forward to hearing from you in the chat room or when you call into our shows. Take care. God bless. Happy Valentine's Day. Bye-bye. Thank you for choosing to listen to Golden Alignment. Dr. Beth Golden will return next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, enjoy playing in that golden space where health, wealth, love, and magical opportunities appear in golden alignment.